Katie Konikis, what an impressive young woman. She's an actor. Uh, I'll include the IMDb. She's been in some some really big films, uh, small scenes with, with with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, and uh, some bigger scenes with some others. Uh, just very she's voiceover. She has a great podcast. She's a mental health advocate. Um, she uh, has done artwork and poetry. Just very very impressive. I start talking. I start with asking her about mental health. She's a highly uh, sensitive person where um, she's an empath and she could feel other emotions and she has ways of combating that and ways of dealing with it that calm her down. She washes her you know, re- retreats and puts cool water on her wrist and the back of her neck and just um, how we can help as friends that uh, have uh, friends of empaths and and HSP. It's a fascinating conversation. Uh, she's she's just doing so much, and she's very inspiring. And she has a way of uh, of expressing herself that's quite unique. It's just everything kind of flows out of her. Um, I just you just kind of have to start her, and she goes. It's it's very interesting and and very impressive discussion. She's of Greek origin. She carries that proudly. She talks about her grandmother and how she came over to the states. You know, as a son of immigrants myself, I have great appreciation for that. But I really enjoyed this conversation with, with Katie Konikis. I think you will as well. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Joey Pins. People ask me, how did I lose 130 pounds? The quick answer is always discipline. I started my business, wasn't paying attention to my health, was eating too much, you know, drinking too much sweets. My daughter was born. Next thing I know, I'm pre-diabetic, I have hypertension. I knew something had to change. Discipline. I, like many of you, have faced many challenges in your career, in your family, in your life, in your faith. How did you attack them? How did you approach them? How did you solve them, hopefully? It all had to have some degree of discipline. I'm also asked, how did you found and start a tech business that lasted over 25 years? Discipline. I was committed to it, enjoyed technology, didn't enjoy some aspects of it, but knew it was necessary. Discipline. Our podcast mission, how do we use discipline to better ourselves and society? Join me, please, as I talk to interesting people and discuss how they use discipline in their family and their passion and their careers and how it helped them. Our podcast vision, growth through learning from others. Joey Pins Discipline Conversations. It'll be light and serious. Join us, please. Thank you for consideration. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I, I, I don't even know where to begin with you because you are all over the place, quote unquote. Um, Let's talk about mental health. I think it's a great place to start. I think we're not talking about it enough, especially in our in our country and society. Maybe we're talking about it more than others, but still, I still don't think it's enough. I love you, Joey. Thank you so much for having me on, first and foremost. And I, it's what I talk, live, and breathe every single day. So this is a great topic to start on for me. Um, I'm all about mental health. I'm actually dropping an NFT collection for Mental Health Awareness Month. And I'm going to disclose photos, selfies that I took about took of myself um, when I was in really low places, wanting to capture the moment and essence so I could sensorially remember like the circumstances where I 
was and how far I've grown and what I was going and growing through. But the thing about mental health is I, when I was a kid, you know, I was in a career decision-making class and the, when I already knew what I wanted to do, but the, the program on a chalkboard, when we walked in, had numbered one through a hundred words on the board. And out of the hundred, we had to select 20. So I wrote Hmm. down the 20 on a piece of paper. And within those 20, we had to then categorize priority. And for me, I put health because if I put health as number one, I could have everything on the list and everything on that board. Now, I thought I was really insightful and very forward and, you know, a smarty, smarty pants. But what I didn't know that I know now that I've known for years, when I reflect on those things, I was thinking about health in terms of my physique, what I put into my body, who I hang around with, what I watch, education, books. I wasn't attuned to neurotransmitters, to the science of behavioral health and mental health, which I am now, and I'm a huge Hmm. advocate for multiple reasons. So let's just start there with understanding mental health and how now as a society, and you bring it up, you know, which is awesome. We hold space for podcasting to share this, but, you know, to talk about mental health is super important, but, you know, back then I was thinking health as in terms of you know, like my physical health, because I ran cross country, right? Very interesting. And you, you yourself, you, you're empathic, correct? 1000%. I didn't know the language of empathy. I didn't know the word HSP, highly sensitive persons. But yeah, I am 1000% an HSP, highly sensitive person, uh, empathic. Yes, big, big time. Mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure to speak to empathic people, but there's so many different degrees. Now you, you're in New York, you're in New York City. There's eight million people around you, Katie. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking in Manhattan, do you feel all of their energy? Honestly, um, I'm bi-coastal and I'm in New York right now, and right. Um, I because of the state of the world and how um, sensitive I am. Um, I've literally the time that I've been here, you know, the short time I I came from, from LA, not recently, but I've only been outside three times, like, because Uh, I'm not walking around because of the energy. And I mean, hmm. I don't have my car here. And for me, because of how sensitive I am, I'm, I'm not going on trains underground. I'm not walking around, you know, I only did it a few times. I'm really homing and honing in right now to preserve and keep my energy like sacral, you know, to protect my energy because I have so much going on, which I'm so excited about. And so I know I need to protect my energy because I am an empath. Yeah. And my centers are open. And so I take on other people's energies. So since I take on other people's energies, um, I need to be able to um, know how to cleanse those out and, and not, not keep, not keep and hold them within me. Hmm. Hmm. So do you be, Let's take the pandemic away. If it was if it wasn't here, would you ride in the subways? Would you go out to Central Park? Uh, well, I mean, I was in Central Park because I did a photo shoot, and Central Park is like you can go there now, and it's not busy. Normally, it's like busy. Right. It's not. It's not anymore. New York is totally different now. But no, yeah, totally. Before that, um, you know, before the whole world blew up, um, I would be on the underground. I would be in lifts, and I would um, be walking around. 
but also I would like be, I would be like a, a laser sharp suit or getting to where I needed to go. I'm not hanging mm. out in like massive places where, you know, there's a lot of people. Um, I will like go do my thing and I would be able to definitely walk around other people and everything like that, but uh, be very mindful of, you know, which, where I stopped and which places I would go into. If it's super, super crazy, busy, shoulder to shoulder, bumper to bumper, I don't go to those places normally because I'm, I'm very sensitive in that way. And it's, it just fascinates me. And I, I hate, I don't want to harp too much on it, but so I, I live in New Haven. I'm in, I'm in, grew up in Queens, you know, with my family and I, I, I'm very used to surrounded people, but uh, like my girlfriend was there and, and somebody on the subway was yelling, you know, was yelling things at her and she was getting quite upset. And we just, we just learned to kind of not look at some people, but with, with yourself, with your empathy, you feel it and you can't, you can't stop it from coming in. I mean, what is, explain what that's like to people who don't, don't have that heightened sensitivity. Yeah, sure. So uh, a couple things like one, like right here's an earplug. I literally have a, this box that you can get on Amazon or uh. wherever. Like I, <laughs> I carry earplugs in all of my jackets, all of my bags, all of my purses. I always have earplugs because I'm very sensitive. So what I can do is, you know, I can put on the earplugs when I know I'm going on the train or if I'm walking somewhere. These are noise canceling headphones, right? Yeah. Because there's something also called, um, which a lot of people don't know about, my sister turned me on to it, is um, misophonia. And so the president, Tom Doiser, which I think he, I could make an intro for you. It's very fascinating. But I had him on season three of my podcast. And most people don't know. They think, what's wrong with me? Or like something within self goes from zero to hero where it's like they get angry or they get irritated and they think something's wrong with them or they have this psychological thing. But what happens is, it's misophonia. And like, he says the statistics of like, like three and four of every like 10 people have it and just don't know that they have it. But what happens is it's an, it's an intuitive hit. It feels like it's an attack on the body. So he worked hmm. with me to find out where that was for me and where it was for me is with motors. So, um, lawnmowers, uh, my mom blow drying her hair, growing up vacuums that would like, it'd be an intuitive hit. And what I do is I stop breathing. And so when I hear it, I hear it. And then there's a two and then there's a three and it's a trigger. And it goes from like three to like escalates to like seven or eight very quickly. And what I need to do, what I learned from Tom Doiser and the Misophonia Institute, and they have an app and it's free. And what I learned so to take you through it, because it's a psychological, it's a behavioral thing. You don't need medication for it, but it's a, it's training the discipline of muscle like meditation. So what I need to do, and everyone's different, but I stop breathing. My throat closes and I stop breathing. So he wow. taught me scuba breathing. So I'll, I'll need to scuba breathe in slow and slow down my breath. And all of a sudden, when I get to that seven and eight, within a couple breaths, I go back down to a three and I'm like, okay. Hmm. And then I'll, if it's, you know, I'll walk really fast to get away from it. If I'm in, if I'm in New York city, um, or if there's like, you know, fire hide or fire fighters with an ambulance going, I'll just like, you know, dart to the bathroom, go inside, like leave the situation. But that's what I did before. But now I know hmm. scuba breathe and I have my ear phones and my ear ears and ear canceling headphones. Um, so that was really impactful and helpful because when you know 
what's going on, then you know the next steps to take instead of spinning out and not understanding what's going on and hyperventilating. Because what happens is you get the intuitive hit. And what happens is as our as human beings, we have our heart. And we have over 40,000 um, neurons in our heart. Our hearts are so, so powerful. And wow. as, as a collective, as human beings, that's how we identify as humans. That's what happens. And the second thing that comes after that is our central nervous system. So based on where we were in the mother womb, how our mothers were in prenatal, that's how the development of our nervous system happens. And so a lot of people do acupuncture and different things to realign their nervous systems, right? And so that when we get that intuitive hit, it's our nervous system going, whoa, like that. <laughs> and Tom Doiser does it a lot better on the YouTube video, you know, when he was on She's All Over the Place because I was doing videos then. So that's kind of in a nutshell with misophonia and then, you know, um, you know, it's, there's also like sensory processing disorder, which I don't think me or anyone is a disorder, but it's how we process our senses, right? Our sight, our hear, our taste, our smell, all that. But, um, knowing those things, I think go hand in hand with being an empath and being an NHSP and, like in a nutshell, what I'll do is um, if I'm at an event or a party, not lately, but you know, I'll or at a market or something, if it's a lot for me, if there's a lot going on, I go to places when, um, you know, when it's not so busy, like markets aren't busy on a Sunday. I have, I have like Instacart. I'm not an affiliate. Well, I'll have like Whole Foods be delivered to me. So I'm not like putting myself in situations with all those people in the chaotic energy, especially because the world is heightened right now. But what I'll mm. do is like when I am in an event or a party or something, I'll just go to the bathroom and I'll run cool water under my wrists. I saw that. Yeah. Or I'll put it like on the back of my, my neck or on my, my face. I'll do things like that um, to support me. And I share that with people who maybe are energy sensitive as well. And what does that do exactly to you once you do that? In your wrist and the back of your neck, what is it doing to you? Uh, it cools down my nervous system. The blood, uh. the nerve, it calms down my nervous system. And my acupuncturist, he's amazing. Uh, he taught me um, it's Chinese medicine where uh, the left, the left hand, you can take your thumb, your right thumb, and put it on your wrist and just hold it, and it slows down. Uh, the heartbeat, it, it slows it down. And the other thing you can do is where your heart is, where the bone is above it, you can literally um, just tap on it, just keep tapping on it. And it moves the anxiety and the energy down because it what it is, it's meridian points. And our we're all energy and energy gets stuck in our body. So people who meditate, dance, work out, move around, you know, um, that's how you can move, move the energy if it's stuck and stagnant, if you have something going on. Wim Hof breathing's amazing. Google Wim Hof. There's a 10 minute Wim Hof. You know, my podcast, she's all over the place. A part of my being my of how my personality is and, you know, circumstances and neurotransmitters that will fire and wire and circumstances and people get so mundane and bored with their lives and their circumstances because they're it's like going on a train track and it's it's stable. Right. So it's good to have some structure in place but also me traveling the world and going all over because if I'm seeing you doing this, you know, for like maybe 30 days, maybe it, it probably would stay very exciting, but maybe you get used to it. Right. But if you're traveling and you're, 
mingling with different kinds of people and interested in different kinds of things, you're not putting so many eggs in one basket to start projecting your insecurities and fears and frustrations onto another person or circumstance or project because you're involved mm -hmm. in so many. So you're at the heightened best of the energies of the excited to add the value of the creativity before we in the creative chakra before we get so analytical in our minds and start judging ourselves and other and start thinking too much about it so it's good to like start messy if we don't know what we're doing have hard stops like here it is and just keep on trucking and that's what life is about curation cure creating that's why we're here you know to create it's not about a projective outcome of how some illusion thing in our mind which is controlled how the outcome should be it's it's a it's a target of how we want it of how maybe we want the outcome but then it's the unexpected pleasures and the gifts of life to, of the unknown of what happens on the journey and to be able to embrace that and be kind with ourselves and people that we're involved with on a personal and professional level with projects so we can just like say oh this this is what happened oh that's kind of funny or this would happen oh we don't want that get rid of that but not take it so hard and so personal you know and just keep growing and keep creating we're not taking it when we go we're not taking any of it when we go yeah and what can we do what can friends do to help and support are other friends that have HSP that may not know they have it or do know they have it, but haven't shared it with us. What can we do to friend, friends to support that? Yeah. I just did a podcast two weeks ago uh, with the HSP uh, expert. And so join her Facebook community, listen to the podcast. We go in depth on there. Um, she mentioned a book on there. And then I know of a book called HSPs. It's this author named El Elaine that I read in 2014. So um, those are, you know, some great tools for people who think they might have HSP um, hmm. to read those books and to listen to that podcast episode. I can send it to you so you can put it in the show notes if you want for people to just be able to click and get to it easy. Yeah, will will do. And your your background is so fascinating, Katie. And and um, what you've done at such a young age—acting, filmmaking, voiceover, author—I uh, had the great pleasure of going through your 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 poetry book that's out now, and the photos on it are just uh, captivating with your grandmother and um, absolutely. And I guess um, my my question is where. How did you get all this talent? I guess really, you know, how how are you able? But I think people have it. I think people may have talent, but they don't really know how to focus it and to be able to put it in places like this. I congratulate you for that and applaud you. Thank you. I am so grateful you brought all that up. And I just want to say, the attributes and the instinctual place that I go to is I remember, like first and foremost, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz has The Four Agreements, which I'm sure you know about the book, The Four Agreements. He also has another book called Mastery of Love. And he talks about how we're all very primal beings, which we are, we're very primal. And at a young age, when we're all born, we get domesticated by our circumstances, by our society, hmm. by school, by which, with, with what's within our you know communities, right? And some people never leave that. They get so entrapped by that. So when I was a child, I remember, you know, pick one thing, do the one thing, go to work hmm. nine to five, 40 hours a week, go to school, your mommy and daddy get to pay for schooling, or you get a scholarship and then, or, or, or you go into debt and then you have to pay that off and you go into school and it's these systems of the education system. And then people graduate from college and then they're, they get married and they have kids and they're paying off their debts if you took the debt route. And I always like, I was like, nah. 
like I wasn't interested in any of that. So I was very like insightful and reflective as a child, as if I was, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later. And I was looking back on my life of how my past would be. And it wasn't for me. So I chose to march to the beat of my own drum. And I chose okay, yeah, I might want to be famous and like everyone in the world know me and be a humanitarian and help people and all that. But for me, most importantly, I wanted to make an impact and I wanted to experience the gift of why I was here on the planet before I could give gift life to another. If it's within my cards being, you know, a female being able to birth a child, you know, from my womb, like, okay, adopting is one thing, but if I'm supposed to have the motherhood experience of having my own child, before I, I knew, like, once you have a child, like I heard, you know, your life's different and it's all about them, not you. So I'm like, well, before I do that for someone else, how about I enjoy why the gift was given to me? So I hmm. wanted to experience why the gift was given to me. And I wanted to experience everything I was interested in because like, I didn't want to have regrets and shame and blame and projection for myself. And then onto my near future kids, if it's meant to be to say, Hey, I really filled up all my cups and I'm overflowing and I did my best. And when I'm ready to throw in the towel, Hey, I explored those ventures. So I look at my life and my career as an exploration that I've been birthing, painting, doodling, voiceovers, comedy, drama, podcasting, music, like all of these things. I've been author, like poetry. I've been birthing, traveling the world. I've been birthing all these things. And these have been my babies, you know? Hmm. Interesting. With all of these outlets that you have, you also mentioned music that I didn't mention, which is very interesting. Um, do you consider all these all these disciplines art or science? And is there? A, I'm gonna. I'm assuming you're still gonna say art, but is there any science involved at all in the delivery of those of those outlets? Yeah, I mean, it's a great, great question and a great way to put it. And it is all over the place. So I had to hone, hone, hone in even more, which leads me to one. Um, uh, I work with a scientist, uh, Eric Thompson, over at Subtle Energy Sciences. He, you can look at his uh, website and his Instagram. And I was like a kid in a candy store. He sent me over sophageal healing frequencies. And I chose for each music project and EP, EP I was putting out, um, 639 Hertz healing frequencies. I needed to forgive myself. I needed to forgive my partner, my family, people in my industry. I felt on a planetary level, we all needed a lot more forgiving of one another in 2020. So I released, hmm. um, hypnotic energy with 639 healing frequencies. So healing frequencies that a scientist put into the music. And then months later, I, my vessel, my heart, my spirit, my soulful journey as an artist and as a human went to 396 healing frequencies, which removes guilt and fear. So after doing a lot of work of forgiveness, I my vessel moved into, you know, removing the guilt and the fear. And so that's kind of like on a science level. And then, um, you know, I was looking not right and wrong or weak and strong, but like exploring the things where I wanted to be more confident. And for me, that was like my womanhood and exploring divine femininity in all genders, because I felt very like, masculine in a way I felt like a lot of um like non-binary you know like all genders created equal and just standing for lgbtqa plus communities and then you know um you know all that jazz so I wanted to I took the music and then coupled it with my podcast to focus on women empowerment and exploring divine femininity in all genders and the the album I released on my birthday 11 11 
which explores that, I thought they were just going to be beats with the healing frequencies. But I actually was so inspired that I did spoken word poetry on the beats and the music. So when you listen to the album, uh, seven out of 11 are instrumental, but four of them have spoken word, the sound of the vibration of poetry and my word with music of me sharing (laughs) what I'm feeling and growing through right now. So I was able to not only do that, but as a producer, director, as a voiceover person, and as an on-screen actor, I produced two music videos from the album. I directed them. You know, I had a cinematographer shoot them. And and that that so I and I'm a voiceover actor. So I wanted, you know, brands and people to see me as an actor so they can have an imagination to call my to so directors and producers could call my team to hire me in their TV shows and films, and the voiceover clients can hear my voice to have me on their projects and brands as well, you know, and then be able to be creative through art. So that's how I've kind of made them all go together. In addition, I'm taking all of it and I've pivoted into Web3 and I'm releasing all of them as NFTs, non-fungible tokens on the blockchain. Yeah, so many questions I have. Uh, let's start with, you mentioned your, your vessel and how you were able to remove certain elements uh, Explain that process, please. Okay. So explain the process of what? Like, so you said that at one point you removed fear and you removed, you removed different emotions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't understand. Please explain how that works. Okay. So I was, you know, in 2020, we all had that space to reflect, right? Sure. And, um, while doing that, I actually, I did a podcast on forgiveness and it's on, I think season three of my podcast when I took a solo trip to Greece for a month and I sat at these ancient ruins in, you know, Noxos, one of my favorite islands in Greece. And I sat there for over three hours and I, I did ceremonies. I forgive myself. I surrender myself and I I did it to my mom, my dad, my siblings, anyone who took advantage of me in my profession um, in, in, you know, in my industry. I did it with my uh, for my partner and anyone that, you know, I felt like I needed to forgive uh, or I asked for them to forgive me and I forgave them and I surrendered and dismantled being responsible. So on a psychological Hmm. level, I just sat with myself and I said these scripts out loud. And when you say these scripts out loud, because right now we have scripts going on. So according to Dr. Joe Dispenza, we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts. And it's going around on a track in our minds, which is just a tool. Our mind is just a tool. And I identify as a cross-country runner going around on the track. Like I was a cross-country runner and going up and down the mountains and the hills. So adventurous and fun. But track season was going around the track and it would just drive me wild because it was so boring just going around this Mm. huge track. And that's what our mind does, right? We go around on this track. And I I mentioned a bit ago how our heart has over 40,000 neurons, right? And our hearts are so powerful. And our minds have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. 90% of those thoughts are programmed from our circumstances, from doing the same thing. So to shape shift energy, to pivot our attention, because we only can focus on one thing, what are we focusing on? 
And then like four hours can go by. We're like focusing on the same thing for hmm. four days, four months. And then it becomes a part of your personality, right? And it becomes, that's what happens. So you have to dismantle this, these days and years that have gone by and be like, oh my God, I, I was hooked in from this age, from this person or this thing. And hmm. I've been running with it and I've been telling myself that story, but I, it doesn't make me feel good. I don't like it. I don't want it to be a part of my story anymore. So I'm going to unhook myself from that responsibility that I put onto myself because we put these things, we hook on that we have to take care of this person because we have to. No, we don't. We might have responsibilities that we'll keep tending to, but it doesn't have to be the extreme of 1,000 or 100 because it's their life <laughs> and their journey. And we can only show up authentically for ourselves. And a lot of times, so many times, we as humans are not being authentic to ourselves and we need to clean up and forgive ourselves and connect to ourselves for those things. So I was able, like I did it in Greece in uh, 2017, 2016 when I did that solo trip. And then again, I thought it was cleared out, right? I thought it was good. But then it's like, oh no, there was still some stuff going on, right? So we might do a ceremony, we might do those things, but then there's things hidden and, and stuff still comes up. So then we just need to befriend it and go, okay, I just need some more love and attention in this area. If it's yoga, if it's audiobooks, if it's spending time with self, if it's being in more joy of happiness. So in 2020, I needed to do a lot more forgiving. I needed to do a lot more forgiving. And then I happened to be with my mom in Michigan after two decades of my career and traveling the world in 2020, it was 20 years that I left home and I needed to dismantle my mother's approval and what she thought about me and judgments that she had that was projected onto me. Not that she meant to, she loves you. And the people who do that, they don't mean to, they love you. And they're just telling, mm. gifting you the best advice that they know. But we need to, it's our responsibility in the 21st century to break generational trauma and dismantle scripts that are somebody else's. Sometimes I'll have scripts in my head and it's my sister's voice. That's a script of like your wife or your partner or someone else is saying it's theirs that they put onto you and you believe it like a brainwash. Right. But like check in, like, you know what I mean? So it was wild because I was exploring removing guilt and fear that I took on from other people who have the best intentions in their heart center for me, but they're not aligned with themselves. How are, how are other people who aren't aligned with themselves projecting what you should be doing? And so, you know, so it was my mom's birthday. So in homage to my mother, I actually told them this stuff and I celebrated with my mother. It was a full house EP and homage for Bad Boy Bill, who's like a pioneer in house music and electric and EDM music. And I was at my house where I grew up and I titled the EP full house that was encoded with 396 sophagio healing frequencies by the scientist, Eric Thompson. And I was in my home so it was like a full house experience of being with my mother and breaking those generational curses, breaking down those psychological, you know, scripts within my own spirit and being that I was able to dismantle those, forgive myself, forgive my mother and turn over a new leaf. And when it came out, we celebrated with a, with a toast, with a drink, and we listened to the whole EP together, just my mom, my dad and me. So it was a celebration. So taking things, dismantling them, 
and having a celebration of it, even if it's treating yourself to ice cream or to a book you want to read or a trip somewhere, a long drive, you know, it's really important. Or sometimes people just write it out and then, you know, they on a new moon ceremony, you know, every month you can do a new moon for new intentions of new things you want, new scripts you want. And on a full moon, dismantle those scripts. And some t- people rip it up or throw it away or burn them if it's a safe space outside and burn them and get rid of it. But it's a psychological thing. And that's energy, energy and motion. The psychological aspect of our thoughts where our neurotransmitters fire and wire new collective consciousness is energy that's a thought that turns into form that turns into matter. So if you want to dismantle, you need to unfire and unwire those unhealthy thoughts and habits and call yourself out in a beautiful way. I'm not going to say this. 10 minutes later, I'm saying this. Oh, you're not going to say that anymore and replace it four years later. Oh, I'm doing this thing I said I didn't want to do. Hack it. Hack it. And make it an interpersonal (laughs) fun challenge with oneself to do so. Not, oh my God, Katie, you did that again, which I did. Oh my God, someone didn't do what I wanted to do off with his head. No. Oh, (laughs) this was supposed to be a nine minute video. It's an 18 minute video. They put two web series in one. I already had my SEO person. I already like scheduled it. It's already up on YouTube. I'm not going to slam the editor for getting it wrong because I was busy and I didn't take the chance to go through them before they were uploaded to finalize it as a producer, as a creator of my baby and my project. No, you forgive yourself, you forgive the thing and you just start messy, you keep it and you keep going. Because if you're such a a perfectionist with this imposter syndrome that a lot of us have, the root of that is just insecurity. When we're so perfectionist and we're so um, insecure about you know, things being a certain way, it's the insecurity. But if you're like, I mean, look at how I am right now. Look how I showed up. I am not hair and makeup done. I am rolling with it. I'm showing up, but I'm being true to me and I'm being true to you. And I'm like, yo, hey, I'm having a day. But people can see me and like this and see that this is happening. Yeah, I can get on the red carpet. I can get glam for the photo shoots and all that. But also like, this is how I'm rocking and rolling and I feel good about it, you know? So let's get back to that. And with lastly on this topic or this one thing, um, I, during the pandemic, and I was so inspired, I, I did a podcast on it um, right after I watched the Billie Eilish documentary and I, it, it made me so angry. Wonderful. Yeah. I was, Why? I was so frustrated because I realized, look at the birth of who she is and the illusion of what she's become. And, and I'm not that yet. Right. But I'm not going to be that because I'm not her and she's not me. And I have my journey, but I was so mad. And I had to clean it up and acknowledge and dismantle of how I was being inauthentic you know, to people, to myself, and get back to my artistry so I can be more raw and real with who I am as an artist. I just saw the realness and the rawness of who she was and how she was. And I'm like, I want to be that because I've been doing this perfectionist thing. I've been doing this thing of like how things should look. And I can get so analytical in my head and it's too much and it's pressure. And then it's not fun. And life is about health having fun, creating and, you know, showing up for ourselves and then doing that with other people. Right. And when we do the other stuff, it gets in the way of this, the creation and the birth and the fun of it. Right. Very interesting. Uh, so you were angry at the Billie Eilish documentary because you were jealous. I was frustrated because I saw, you know, her career path and hmm. the way she was, 
you know? And I mean, this could apply to Pink as well. Her documentary is awesome. Like she tours with her family. Like that's what I've always wanted to do. I wanted to be a touring artist, musician, and like tour with my family. I don't have a family yet. You know what I mean? And it's not too late. It could still very well happen, but it hasn't happened yet. And maybe it never will be, but it's something that I've aspired to. So it's like the anchor, you set an intention. But then, like I said earlier, like you go on the journey and you embrace what's supposed to be. And yeah, you know, the the frustration and the anger of how I I was blindsided of this perfectionism or people pleasing of what other people wanted for me. I stopped listening what I wanted for myself and doing not all the way, but in some ways. So I was able to dismantle, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to be a part of that anymore. So I can get back on my path in the direction of where I want to be authentically. However, that may look, even if it's not the projected illusion or vision that I have for myself. Maybe the universe has something grander for me that I don't know about. So let go, let the flow happen. And yeah, the number one emotion is jealousy, right? So there's some kind of like healthiness in within that realm. But yeah, I mean, when she was hugging Justin Bieber, I want to be hugging Justin Bieber. <laughs> when he's like, calling me on my cell phone, I want him to call me on my cell phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, she's a performing at Coachella and stuff. Like, it's like, yeah, like I, I want to be performing at Coachella. You know, there's, you know, as artists, it, you have that thing because you want it to be you, you know, or even uh, a parent or, you know, you want a family like that. You know, there's that thing that comes up. But with that, within that thing that comes up, it's acknowledging that it's there, but not allowing it to control you and have you raging on other people and being mean to them that, you know, you have this and I don't like that's nasty, right? We need to appreciate the gifts that we have been given. Cause like you said, when we first started, I've done all these things. So it's like, I get to appreciate all those things that I have done and maybe endow and appreciate them a bit more. The common thread of the podcast is, is discipline. I lost a lot of weight. People ask me how you did it. Like there's some secret and I just say discipline. How does discipline, what role does that take in your life, Katie? Yeah, 1000% discipline and congratulations. Good for you. Because when it's not only removing the weight, it's removing the toxic things that aren't serving you, that are keeping you emotionally mm. down, you know, and, and, and excuses for you not fulfilling your full potential. But when we don't have that extra baggage, we can, you know, get to the bullseye and go lightning speed a lot quicker. So discipline for me, my dad was a cross country runner. And so he turned me on to cross country running. And so I, I found out about short term, medium term, long term goals through cross country running, which is how hmm. I'm such an awesome coach, because I've had coaches my whole life, and my dad being my number one coach, and me having, you know, short term gratification, medium term and long term. And so while I'm going for these macro goals, and these long term goals, I make sure I celebrate the going for an ice cream, going for a walk, like going to like a Broadway show and celebrating those short term, you know, gratifications along the way to keep fueling me. And so that's I'm, I'm disciplined to do that. And I'm disciplined to share that with others. And I'm disciplined to share my experiences, no matter what they are, or how they look or what anyone thinks. So people can learn from my mistakes. And so I can learn from my mistakes. And then having discipline where it's like, if I'm going to show up, like I show up. And even if I'm not at my 100%, I can show up like how I'm showing up right now. I'm showing up how I can show up. And that's being true and authentic. But the point is you show up and everything else falls into place. And so I love for me personally, I love commitments. That's why I did a DJ music program. And it was a one year commitment. I love being part of collective collaborations with people. 
So I always put myself on the train track to collaborate with other energies because I'm a people person. And as much as I'm extroverted, um, I also find, you know, solitude time where I do things that I need to do so I can harness in that energy and create new energy. So then I can cycle that and project it out in the most positive way. Because if I don't do that for myself, then I'm not balanced. And then I'm not going to give you and the listener and the viewer my best self, you know, and it's an energetic responsibility of the sound of what I say and how I'm saying it, because people are listening through their ears, the vibes and the tone of the vibration, it's going onto their spirit and their souls and into their hippocampus, you know, for short term and long term memory. And it's an energetic responsibility of what we share as healthy communicators on this planet, you know, and I'm responsible. And I choose to have that, you know, as one of my duties as one of God's angels in life. And that's how I want to be remembered and a part of my legacy and my co-collective consciousness with the collective of people like yourself who are into the same kind of things, you know? Very well said. Absolute pleasure talking with you, Katie. I, I, uh, I feel we only scratch the surface. Maybe in the future we'll talk again, but, uh, so, so many things. So tell, tell us how we can get in touch with you. Uh, I'll put a lot in the show notes, but what are some of the highlights? Yeah, my website, chinakas.com is the best place. All my social media is on there. Sign up for my mailing list, I guess is number one. So you're in the loop. Um, I definitely have merch if you want to support me and all the things I'm involved in, you know, poetry books and merch for that and my album and my podcast. And so uh, just chinakas.com, everything is there. Everyone can just check it out and whatever interests you, you can, you know, uh, send a message and we can keep it rocking and rolling together. Absolutely. And Chinaka, C-H-O-N-A-C-A-S. Yes. Yep. I have a lot of Greek friends and um, uh, it's part of your identity. You you go to Greece and did they, did you, do you speak Greek? Oh yeah. So I speak Greek and then I'm my, I was born with two names. So I'm Katie Chinakis, but also Kiriaki. So my baptismal name is Kiriaki, which means Sunday in Greek. So if you're like, I met a Sunday or I met Kiriaki, it means not only is, is uh, Kiriaki a saint, uh, a, a great martyr, she's a saint, Saint Kiriaki. She's one of the most prominent saints in the Greek tradition. But my Yaya, who's 92, who's my bestest friend in the whole wide world, who I'm named after, my dad's mom, who taught me everything, everything I'm saying to you, like, I'm a poet because of her. She's a poet. She's a singer. Like, she came from the old country to America. She went 10 miles each way every day, back and forth mm. from the South Village Cardamula to pick blueberries on a donkey. And she came over to America for a better opportunity. And then I ventured out, you know, I toured the world and toured the world. I would tour the world. And I went to, I ventured to California and everyone in my family, the kids, they all moved to California, like, like 18, 19 people from my hometown, my sister's friends, brother's friends, they all moved to California and I was the first one to go. And then my family, I, you know, they went to Vegas and San Diego and they went all over to the West for them to experience the the richness of, you know, life and the mountains and the sun and, and, and life of California because I walked in the footsteps of Maya Yao when she came to America. And then I extended that as a beautiful bird and butterfly to, you know, to respect and honor who she is and the gifts that she gave me. So the poetry of Socrates and Plato and everyone 
it's, you know, the language of being Greek and meditation and the Himes and the tradition, I was able to observe other cultures in the world and hear other sounds and vibration of language, even though I didn't know maybe what they were saying, I could feel how they were saying it and what they meant and the passion from their hearts and the souls. So all that body intelligence comes from my Greek roots and my traditions, you know, and my mom also, who's a singer, you know, so in the melodies from Motown, but yeah, because of my Yaya, who's my best friend, you know, everything is because of her and we're here because of her, all of us. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful sentiment. And I love, I love family and I love the idea of following in footsteps like that. Katie Kanakis, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope one day we get together and uh, have a cup of coffee and talk a little bit more. Thank you so much. Yeah, I totally appreciate you. Thank you so much. And you know, when you're in New York or LA, like, let me know. I would love to meet up in person. We can make it happen. Sounds good. You be well. Galanita. Kalanita. Yes. Thank you for listening and or viewing Joey Pin's Discipline Conversations. Please share this episode with one or two of your friends who you think may benefit from the episode. Our website, www.joeypins.com. There you find lots of resources and you could join our mailing list. Please follow us on all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Podcast information, the video version of our podcast is on YouTube. Please subscribe. Audio is on all major podcasting platforms. Please follow them. And if you like it, please consider giving five-star rating. Would really appreciate that. Would you like to financially support the podcast? You can go to our Patreon site. Consider $5, 10 or $20 a month. There's all kind of plans that we have there. It's like a one-time payment. What is this podcast episode worth to you? You be the judge. You can go to our PayPal account to do that as well. Thank you again for listening or watching Joey Pin's Discipline Conversations.